John chapter 5. John chapter 5 from verse 1 to 9. Gospel according to John chapter 5, verse 1 to 9. The Bible says, After this there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of sick people, the blind, the lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well from whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition for long, for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am trying, while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Arise, take up your bed and walk. Verse 9. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was a Sabbath. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we give you praise for your word. We give you praise for what you're about to do in our life this year. For what you're about to do in our life this morning. Speak to us in a way. That will leave this place blessed and transformed. Receive the glory, Adonai. Receive the honor, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your love towards us and your grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to us this morning on the topic, Do you want to get well? You may be seated, please. God bless you all. God bless you. Do you want to get well? Can you ask your neighbor if you have a neighbor? Say, neighbor, do you want to get well? Are you asking a neighbor? Say, neighbor, do you want to get well? You know, when you think about somebody that is sick in the hospital, for example, just imagine you had a friend in a hospital or a neighbor or a colleague who was sick. And you heard the news that they are in a hospital, maybe at uh, Prince William Hospital or in Kaiser Permanente, whatever hospital it may be, or in Reston Town Center Hospital. And you went there to pay them a visit. And then once you got into the hall, you asked them, do you want to get well? What do you think will be going, in, going on in the mind of the person you're asking the questions to? Like, what do you think I'm here for? Are you behind my sickness? Do you have a hand in what I'm going through? Because when somebody says, do you want to get well? It looks like you, you're questioning the fact that I'm here to be healed. But there was a preacher that was preaching in a crusade. And he saw a man seated on a wheelchair at the front of the crusade. And the man was like so active, so agile, saying amen to everything. So the preacher perceived that this man is ready for a miracle. To rise up from that wheelchair and walk. So he went to the man when he, was, he started praying. And he asked the guy, do you know that God can heal you? And the guy said, yes. And then the second question, do you want God to heal you? And the man said, no. 
To his greatest surprise, he was confused as to why this man rejected the offer to be healed. But as he spoke to the guy, the guy said, look, I am a Navy veteran. I got this injury when I was on duty. So the government is paying me a lot of money for being on this wheelchair. So if the Lord heals me now, the benefits goes away. So thank you. <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> so that is why I'm asking you this morning, do you want to get well? Yes. Because there are people who have problems, but they are comfortable in their problems. There are people that have situations, but they are comfortable in their situations. So God is asking you this morning, in whatever you're going through, whatever you're sick of, do you want to get well? Amen. You are the one to answer that question this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You're going to answer that question. My friend told me a story in Texas how the father in Cameroon had hypertension. Went to the hospital and the doctor said, if you're going to live long, you have to stop eating salt and red oil. The man said, over my dead body. He went home, continued eating the salt and red oil, and he eventually died. Because there are people who do not want to get well. Salt and red oil was more important for him than his whole life. I'd rather eat salt and red oil for six months, or avoid salt and oil and leave me for, for five years more. So, I want you to make up your mind this morning, and decide, if you really want to get well. Amen. If you do really want to get well, because God is doing something in your life and in my life. The Bible says in verse 1 that there was a feast in Jerusalem. And then there was a pool. So there were two things going on in Jerusalem at this time. Some people were at the feast and some were at the pool. They had no concern about what was going on in the feast because they were sick. You know, every time we gather to celebrate, some people are in tears. There are always two things going on. Sometimes we are somewhere celebrating baby shower and a woman somewhere is crying for the loss of a baby. So these guys were not concerned about a feast in Jerusalem. They were more concerned because the Bible says an angel came down once a year in a certain season to trouble the water. So they all gathered there because they were not willing to miss that season. And the Bible said there were three classes of persons that were found in that pool, which is significant. He says the blind. Now, blindness physically talks about the inability to see. When a man cannot see, physically, it's blindness. But there is something also called spiritual blindness. When a man is unable to see spiritually, you don't know what your life is going to be like tomorrow. You have no clue about your future. You don't know nothing. You don't see nothing. You just, you just live for the day. You are spiritually blind. A man that is able to see knows exactly where God is leading him to. A woman that is able to see knows exactly where God wants, what God wants her to do, where God wants her to go. She understands God's direction for her life. But when you are blind, you cannot see. The second class of persons, the Bible says the lame. Now, lameness physically talks about somebody who has an inability to walk. Like when somebody is limping, they're lame. But lameness spiritually talks about people that never walk straight. Somebody who rises today, acts like they are righteous with God, they are found with God, and two days later, they are insane. They get up again and say, I repent. I won't do it again. Three days later, they are back into this, the same thing. You are lame spiritually. You don't walk straight. You walk with the Lord as a problem. And the third category talks about the paralyzed. These are people who are permanently disabled. 
These ones, there is nothing you can do for them except God. They are in a condition where only God can help them. They are stuck, maybe in a relationship, stuck, maybe at a job, stuck, maybe in a condition, stuck, maybe in a state of mind or something that only God can take them out. But listen, in all these conditions, God has the power to change all those conditions. That is why he's asking you this morning, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? The Bible says in verse 4 that an angel came down once a year and troubled the water. And the first to step in was made well. I want you to think about the commotion that will be at the pool when the angel steps into the water. I want you to think about the fight. Can you imagine Black Friday? How people are trying to get into Walmart just to get electronics or whatever. Now imagine an angel who has just stirred up the pool and the condition is the first person to step in gets well. Not everybody that steps in there, just the first person. Can you imagine the fight that was going on at the pool? And the Bible also says that this man was there. He was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. And there's a question that surrounds the 38 years that is mentioned in this text. Some theologians say he was sick for 38 years. The others say he was dead for 38 years. So if he was dead for 38 years, it means he was older than 38. He was far away above 38. But when you read the scripture, there's that same scripture in the New Living Translation and in other translations, it clearly says that the man was dead for 38 years. Now you can imagine the disappointment of being in the same spot, trying to catch your, trying to get into the water, but keep missing it for 38 years. What have you gone through that you complain? Somebody kept missing their opportunity for 38 years. Can you imagine going to an interview for 38 years, not getting the job? I want you to picture yourself going to an interview for 38 years. Every year you attend that same interview for 38 years and not, and not get a job. But this man never gave up. He stayed there, kept hoping, and kept trusting. Then one day Jesus shows up. The Bible says when Jesus saw him, and knew that he had been in that condition for too long. He said to him, do you want to get well? I pray that may Jesus see you today. Amen. I say, may Jesus see you today. Amen. Now when Jesus said, do you want to get well? To give you an understanding of what Jesus was saying was this. Now, if people were seated at this pool for all this while, and they were paralyzed, they were blind, they were lame, what do you think they were eating? Where do you think they were getting food? Now, this pool of Bethesda was like a charity center where the rich and the wealthy will go down to show generosity to those who were sick, those who were blind, and those who were lame. So, if you had a good spot at the pool, maybe at the entrance of the pool, there was a possibility that you could be receiving a lot of funds from well-wishers. So, there were people there. That explains why he was there for 38 years because, like, you just keep sitting there. People come, oh, sorry, sorry, I, I, you've been missing. Oh, take this money. I've noticed that there are some people in this country who beg and they're comfortable to beg. Take, for example, if somebody goes to a store, a popular store like Walmart, and he's walking through the aisles like a seed, and sometimes they paint a very pertinent story, a very story, a story that will touch your heart, and maybe you give them $10. Now, if that person leaves that store that day with $300, which is minimum, 
How much does he make in one week? 300 times 5. So he makes $1,500 in one week. How much does he make in one month? 1,500 times 4. How much is that? $6,000 begging. So that's why some people are comfortable begging and they never want to get out of begging. They can put signs and put on the street homeless. Just by standing at that stop sign, the amount of money they collect in a day is more than somebody walking eight hours somewhere. That is why they are not ashamed to beg because they are comfortable in that state. So at the pool of Bethesda, there were people that were collecting, you know, charity, solidarity from people. People will come to the pool and give them gifts, give them food and things like that. So they just stay at the pool, having a good time, hoping that if the angel comes, maybe I'll try again. If it doesn't come, well, I have food to eat, I have a place to stay, I have some money, I can send my family to town to go buy me some groceries, I'll stay here. That is why Jesus was asking the man, in all these things that you're receiving, the mercy, the sympathy that you're receiving from people, do you still want to get well? Is somebody understanding? That is why Jesus was asking, all these things that you receive from men, the favor, the sympathy, do you still want to get well? Because the man was saying, oh, Jesus, no, thank you. You know, since I've been here, my income changed. You know, every week I receive at least $500. So, you know, we can keep the healing because if I get healed now, I'll have to go back to town and start looking for a job when I'm 38 years old. Just keep the healing. I'll just stay until I retire. Then go on social security or something. That's what Jesus was saying. Do you still want to get well? The man's answer was not yes or no. He said, <laughs> I don't have any man. He said, because before I step into the water... Somebody else is in the water. There were people there with their friends and family. I believe there were families that had a shift. They said, okay, sister, you go this week and be with the brother at the pool, just in case the angel comes. The next week is your turn. They exchange shifts to make sure that they push their person into the water. But this guy had no one. And that's why there's one stupid, foolish, I say, phrase that people always make, that God help those who help themselves. If you can already help yourself, why will God help you? God help those who cannot help themselves. If you can help yourself, God does not need to help you. But when you show to God that I am helpless, I don't have a way out of this situation, I count on you, then God is going to step in. If you want God to be your driver, you have to go to the passenger seat. You can't be driving and expect God to hold the, the steering and fight the direction with you. You have to give him all control. Let him decide where he's taking you to. But if you're already helping yourself, like I said, a lady came to me and said, Pastor, pray for me to have a husband. And I said, okay, we're going to pray. And I said, are you in a relationship? Yes. With who? I'm with one guy, but the guy is not serious. So I said, you've already given yourself a man. But you want me to pray for God to give you a man? You've already helped yourself. When you say, God, help me, you're telling God, I, don't, I can't help myself. I need you to help me. For example, you're going to apply for a job and you're, you're doing your own things to cheat, to do, to get your way to that job. And then you're praying at the same time. How can God help you when you already have the strategy to get that job? You've, you're already trying to fake your way, you know, line your resume and things like that. But you want God to help you in that same job. God help those who cannot help themselves. When you, when you say to God, I am helpless, God is going to step in. But if you try helping yourself, you push God away. Hallelujah. Jesus said to the man, take up your mat and walk. 
And I was asking myself the question, why did Jesus not just say, get up and walk? He said, get up, take up your mat, and walk with it. Then as I was studying, God began to open my eyes there. If the man just walked away, many would not have noticed that he was the same guy. But Jesus wanted him to carry the mat as a testimony. To show to people that I am the same guy that used to lay down on this mat, but now I am walking. May I announce to you, whatever kept you down is about to be your testimony. I say, whatever kept you down is about to become your testimony. The same thing that people laughed at you for is about to be your testimony. The same place where you were disappointed in the past is about to become your testimony. It's a right song. Don't just walk, but get up. Get your mat and walk. Go and show to the people that used to mock at you that this mat has become your testimony. Hallelujah. I don't care how long you've waited on God. This 2019, you will rise, you will carry that same shame, that same pain, and walk. People will see you and know that God has done it for you. Hallelujah. God is faithful. And the Bible says instantly. I was in a, I was in a, I was in a place where a, a preacher was interpreting another preacher in pigeon. And when the preacher says instantly, and I thought to myself, how do they say instantly in pigeon? And then the guy said, one time, one time. I said, this is so powerful. He said, one time, one time. <laughs> now, instantly, when most of us pray for miracles or for healings, we just say, God has answered. There's some of us even say, God will use the Tylenol and this uh, medicine to heal me. Listen, God does not need to pass through your medicine to heal you. God can heal you directly. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Then some of us pray, and we believe that God will answer. But the Bible says when we pray, we should believe that God has what God has answered. Not God will answer. So that is why when we pray for you and your sin, you need to check yourself right there because you are expecting the miracle right there. I'm not expecting it tomorrow. After the prayer, right here. Like I quote an instance about a sister that is sick. The church comes to the house. She has malaria. She's shaking. And the pastor prays, prays, prays. And then the sister even has the courage to throw the blanket off, walk to the road to see the pastor and the church members off. And she said, Pastor, thank you for coming. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Then she goes back to the house. Guess what? She climbs on the bed and covers the same blanket. Were you expecting to be healed? Because if you receive the healing from the prayer offered to you, you will start walking around the house thanking God. Thank you for my healing. Malaria is gone. Typhoid is gone. Because you know, you are healed. But you go and cover yourself because you are expecting that, oh, if I begin to feel different, then I'm healed. When you receive healing, you don't receive it first by feelings. You receive it first by faith. Then the feelings will follow. Hallelujah. So when we pray for something, believe that it has been done. Hallelujah. Is there a woman who has been pregnant and the pregnancy showed the first day? Like you just got pregnant, then the next day you came and never, you see, I got pregnant last night. Where has it happened? The pregnancy happens. It is after several months that there will be a sign. To show the pregnancy. Sometimes when God heals you, you don't see it right there. But a few days after, the healing begins to manifest. So whenever you pray for something, 
believe that God has done it. It has happened instantly. Hallelujah. The Bible says instantly. The man did not say, uh, let me feed my legs if my legs are stronger now. The Bible says he picked up his mat and he walked. That is why any, in any case where Jesus healed somebody in the Bible, he always made them exercise their faith. To the leopards, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. The Bible says it was on their way that they got healed. They were not healed when Jesus spoke to them. They were healed as they went. So if you don't exercise faith to receive what God is giving to you, you will never receive it. You need to receive. You need to respond. That is why whenever you sit in church and a pastor is preaching and saying something that you know this thing is about you, you need to respond. Don't just sit and say, Amen. You need to do something to show that it is me God is talking to. Hallelujah. Act like God is saying something to you. Amen. Today, before I close, if you are going to get well from whatever condition, from whatever situation, there are two things you must do. Number one, you need to know Jesus. Now, when I say know Jesus, many people say, Pastor, I've already, I've already given my life to Christ. Why do you mean know Jesus? Listen, many of us know Jesus as Savior. We've given our life to Christ. We're born again. We know we're going to heaven. But they don't know that Jesus can heal cancer. That is why when they hear that somebody in their family is sick of cancer, they start crying, oh, auntie, oh. They start crying because, you know, this is hopeless. They know Jesus to be the one that can take them to heaven. But they don't believe that Jesus can heal HIV. To know Jesus is not to know his name. It's to know his power. Is to know what he's able to do. Take for example, if your uncle is the president of this country and you are a beggar in D.C., do you know your uncle? I'm asking, do you know your uncle? Because if you know that that man is your uncle, you walk down to that house down the street and stand like and say, hey, I want to see my uncle. They say, who is your uncle? He said, Donald Trump. They will make investigation. And if that man is truly your uncle, guess what? They will send you to him. But when you do not understand the power that your uncle has, guess what you do? You stand at the stop sign and you, you say, homeless, please help. Because you don't know that your uncle is over this country. There are many Christians who are desperate, crying, complaining. They have a stop sign in the spirit. Oh, somebody help me. Because they do not understand that the one that is seated on the throne is their father. They don't understand that the one that is sitting on the throne is willing to help them out of that situation. You need to know God and not just know that he can take you to heaven. You need to understand that God can change any situation in your life. Hallelujah. God can heal cancer. God can heal HIV. God can heal anything healable. Any sickness, God is able to heal. Hallelujah. So believe. When God was introducing himself to Moses in the burning bush, what did he say was his name? He said, I am. Now, if you walk to somebody and say, hey, sister, what is your name? And the person I am. It's incomplete because the person has to say, I am Clement. I am whatever the name has to follow. But he said, I am. It's like he said, I am. Then he gave blank space. Whatever you put after I am is my name. I am the healer. I am the job provider. I am the husband giver. I am the way maker. I am the one that prospers. God cannot be limited by a name. He gives you a blank space. 
Whatever you want me to be to you, put it in that blank space. It's my name. Hallelujah. So when you come to God, you need to know that God can do it for you. Hallelujah. You need to know that God can do it for you. Do you know Jesus? Now, let me, let me, let me illustrate something to you in the Bible. If this man was 38 years old, when Jesus came to the pool, and Jesus died at 33 and a half, it means that this man was dead before Jesus was born. It means that when Jesus performed the first miracle in John chapter 2 in Canaan, this man was dead. It means that when Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood, this man was dead. It means that when Jesus opened the eyes of Lazarus, this man was dead. Of Bartimaeus, this man was dead. Why did this man not go to Jesus? He rather went to the pool of Bethesda. Because he did not know Jesus. That is why even when Jesus appeared before him, he could not even recognize that that was Jesus. He says, Sir, I have no man. You know, I'm here suffering. Nobody to help me. Since I came to this America, things are so difficult. I've tried applying for jobs. Things are so tight. You're looking for help in the wrong place. There is a man standing at your door saying, My son, can I help you? My daughter, can I help you? Instead of complaining about who, which friend, which brother did not help you, open the door for the one that can help you. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, does it say, say, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone will hear my voice and open the door for me, I will come into him and I will dine with him. In other words, your life will be celebration. Stop complaining about the person who did not help you, how this person treated you, how this person did not give you the information for that job. Look unto Jesus. Hallelujah. That was his problem. Because if the man knew Jesus, he would not have complained. He would have said, oh, say, thank you. Thank you that you're here to heal me. But because he did not know Jesus, he started complaining. Number two, if you want to get well, number two, believe and respond to the word of God. Believe and respond to the word of God. In verse 8, Jesus said to the man, arise, take up your bed and walk. Now listen, the man did not know Jesus, right? But the moment, the moment Jesus said, take up your bed and walk, he did not say, but who are you? Why are you saying this? He said, I don't care to know who you are. Whether you are a reverend or you are a bishop or apostle, this thing sounds like something I need. He got up, picked up his bed, and he walked. But there are some of us that God is talking to us, even in your dreams, even in visions, even in your spirit. You are so reluctant to respond to what God is saying. That is why I say, anytime God is talking to you, you need to respond. Hallelujah. You need to connect to what God is saying. You need to connect to what God is doing. Don't just, don't just sit there. There is a difference between believing and responding. Believing and faith. The Bible says even the demons believe and tremble. Demons know that Jesus is Lord, but do they fear him? Do they, do they honor his word? Are they righteous? So a believer who believes in Jesus, but does not practice what Jesus has commanded, is just a believer. But a believer who goes beyond belief and starts practicing what God has commanded is responding to God. So anytime God is saying something to you, anytime you receive a word from God, you need to respond to that word. Like I told you a story about a lady that went to a conference and they called all the women that were expecting uh, children to come forward. She came forward and after the prayer, she went home. The next day, she went to the market and started buying things for the baby 
Because he believed that the prayer that he prayed, God had answered. But some women were waiting to check their period. If they don't see them, they confirm that they are pregnant. This man did not wait. Once she left the conference, she believed she was pregnant. That is responding to the word of God. Hallelujah. Responding to the word of God. I also had a lady who was in a church. And another sister was giving a testimony about what God had done for her. This sister jumped off from the pulpit, went and gave an offering for a testimony that was not hers. That same way, the same thing that happened to the other sister happened to her. Because she believed. If God brought this testimony to my ears today, this is a message for me that God can also do it for me. And she connected to that testimony. Hallelujah. You need to respond to what God is saying. Respond to what God is saying. Anytime you come to church, maybe there is a prophecy about your life. Don't just sit there and say amen. You need to do something to show that it is me God was talking about. Respond to the word of God. Amen. You come to church today, like there was a lady we prayed for many years ago. She had tuberculosis. She came to church after three days fasting. We prayed, prayed. There was no sign that she was healed. But when she went home, it was after she was giving the testimony that she gave this confession. Because as a pastor, I will never advise anybody to do that. But when she got home, she took the medicine for her tuberculosis and threw them in the toilet. And she said, if I am healed, I'm not taking medicine again. Because if I'm taking medicine, it means I'm still sick. And after that, tuberculosis disappeared. That is somebody responding to the word of God. But there are people who go back and say, well, if God wants to heal me, God will heal me, then I stop taking my drugs. You are not operating in faith. Faith is you respond, even without seeing the signs. Hallelujah. You respond without seeing the signs. I met a lady in Cameroon who was single, expecting to get married. And I saw her buy like plates, plates, plates. She buy plates, spoons. And I asked her, what are these plates for? She said, for my wedding reception. <laughs> she doesn't have a fiancé yet. But she has plates and spoons for her wedding reception. This is somebody operating in faith. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, respond to the word of God. Respond to the word of God. Tell somebody, respond to the word of God. If you are going to see the miracles that God is doing for you this year, you need to respond. Amen. Believe and respond to the word of God. There are things that God wants to do in your life. But you need to completely look unto Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It says, who for the joy that was set before him despised the shame and endured the cross. In other words, there were things that Jesus was seeing, but the glory that he saw on the throne, he was able to go through all those things because he saw something greater ahead. When you understand what God is doing for you in the future, Nothing you go through now will matter because those things will be your testimony. Amen. I take pictures every time, sometimes of this church, and just put somewhere because a day is coming when we are going to project a picture and say, Look, this is where we started, right? Back in those days, we had Sister Vera, Brother George, Sister Chan, Sister Solange, you know, we we're just like nine of us. But now the church is crowded because whatever we are going through today is our testimony for tomorrow. Amen. Don't allow what you go through to stop where you are going to. Can I say that again? Don't allow what you are going through to stop where you are going to. Make today your testimony for tomorrow. I was so amazed by this 10 years challenge on Facebook. 
I was asking myself a question. Some shirts that people were wearing back in the day, were they on their senses? Some, I mean, trousers were like three times bigger. I was, were they looking at themselves when they wore those? But when you see those, you go, oh God, if you be faithful. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Today is your tomorrow's testimony. Amen. Can you stand on your feet? I don't know what you are here this morning for. Or what God is doing for you. Or what God is saying to you. But do you want to get well? Is there something you're going through this morning that you want God to bring to an end? I want you to talk to God and say, God, I want to get well of this problem. When we talk about sickness, sickness is not just sickness in the body. There are people that are financially sick. Some people are mentally sick. Some people are emotionally sick. What are you sick of? What are you troubled by? You can talk to God this morning. Say, God, I need you to help me. I want to get well from this circumstance. I want to get well from this situation. Can somebody talk to the Lord? Somebody talk to the Lord. Can I hear somebody pray? Can I hear somebody pray?